0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome to the Repack for Acne Packing Company. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Avantex Western. Say what's the people, Tex?
2: Oh, well, I am sitting here in my home office in Central Ohio, drinking the highest alcohol content scotch that I have. Um, I was hoping to, to have my, my favorite scotch today in celebration, but instead here now we're trying to trying to blot out the memories of that game this morning. I hate it. I hate it. I woke up way too early by accident,
1: (laughs) caught the game, had to like, yeah, wake up too early, get pissed. Then I took a nap. Nap didn't help anything. Still mad Mm -hmm. about this game. Mm -hmm. The Packers Mm -hmm. lost 27, 22. In London to the New York Giants might be the most fraudulent 4-1 team we've ever seen in the NFL. This sucked.
2: This sucked so much.
1: (laughs) This was, and we just talked about it uh, before we went on air, but this loss to me is way, way, way worse than week one.
2: Absolutely. Like, I I feel like we, we all like three and two seemed like a viable possibility at the beginning of the season, you know, divisional game against Minnesota week one, that's kind of a toss up. And then I think we all figured Tampa, right? Like we kind of all had that penciled in as a loss coming into this season. Um, They kind of stole one there. So like on record three and two doesn't feel that bad, but just the way it's happened and, and this game in particular against a giants team that basically had half of a, an NFL caliber receiver on their roster. It's, oh, It sucks. It sucks so much. <laughs> the the Giants had
1: four wide receivers coming into this game. They had to elevate Marcus Johnson to get to the fourth because so many of their wide receivers were banged up. And they just could not stop Darius Slayton, who has not been a part of the offense really nope. you know, so far this year. It's crazy. He he got seven targets, six receptions, seventy nine yards. This is a banged up, not good Daniel Jones either. Um. Yeah. At a two hundred point or a one hundred point two passer rate.
2: I mean, without a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> he they completed. Can't st- they can't stop he, anyone. He completed twenty one of twenty seven passes for two hundred seventeen yards, like eight eight and a half yards per attempt, something like that. Um, you know, over over seventy five percent of his passes. What the hell happened on defense? I don't even know because it seemed like they were just getting i don't
1: i don't know if they have like obvious tells of when they're going into cover 3 or something like that but you could tell that every time they were getting into single high looks post snap they're just getting benders across the middle and for for whatever reason dayball had their number from a play calling perspective
2: yeah the one thing i thought that was interesting that i saw after the game was uh tj slayton the backup nose tackle said something about how they the Giants ran a lot more bootlegs than they were ready for. And I think that uh once Dable saw that the Packers had no answer for the bootleg whatsoever, he just kept spamming it, spam calling bootlegs nonstop and it kept working. And that's, I feel like that's the kind of thing that the Packers haven't done in the Lafleur era is when you find a play call that, that works and works consistently. Keep running it until the oppo- the opposing team can actually stop it. I feel like we haven't seen that, and um, I mean, I guess good on Dable for for picking that up as a as a weakness and exploiting it because it, it, Jones does do a lot of his best work when he's on the run, when he's moving. Um, we can kind of see the field out in front of him and, and use his legs. But jeez, I I thought the ankle would be more of a factor, um, yeah. and I don't know if he just got it shot up. Really well, and and wasn't feeling anything from the knee down in that leg, or what it was. But I mean, he he was he made way too many plays against this defense, way too many for for that to be acceptable.
1: Also, even even if he was shot up and all that stuff, he's Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. He's Daniel Jones. I'm looking at, at his game logs right now, 2021 he had one, two, three games where he had a a, a passer rating as high as he did today. And 2020, he had one. And in 2019, he had one, two, three, and they were all against terrible teams. I mean, we're talking Washington in overtime, the New York Jets, and the Detroit Lions. So... This dude doesn't have these games, usually. He does not. He's 30th in the league in passing yards. And they just let him loose. I mean, this was supposed to be a good defense. And it hasn't looked that way all season, in my opinion. Um, Because even when they've kept scoring down low, they've been able to give up yards and they're looking out on turnovers, right? And that's, that's the thing that makes you nervous. It's like they're they're getting the results but the process is bad so they're Mm -hmm. not going to change the process right yeah um they were there were a couple plays like i said they were spinning in one high giving them cover three and robber looks um and they just weren't able to cover those guys running crossers i mean eric stokes must have given up a ton of yards today he had a pretty this was actually like way worse of a game for stokes than the vikings game in my opinion yeah, um, you're,
2: not, you're not going up against Je- Justin Jefferson. You're going up against yeah. Darius Slayton and, yeah. like, David Sills or some, something. Whatever the hell that is. <laughs> the David other Sills th-
1: was, like, a scholarship quarterback <laughs> at, like, 12 years old. It's so dumb. I hate that he's still around and he gets uh, to embarrass me.
2: One of the other things that I found really frustrating was twice uh, Packers had uh, first down sacks on um, – on drives coming out of kickoffs. One was in the second quarter after a touchdown uh, right after a kickoff. And then I think the other one was, and that one was inside the 20. That was the one where um, I think uh, Brightwell, like got, got tackled at the 15 or something on the kickoff. Jaron Reed gets a sack uh, finally does a thing. And I mean, kind of cleaned up Preston's pressure, but, and then Russell gets called for holding all the way down the field. Yeah, that was, that was a legit call. But the one that wiped away the Rashawn Gary sack on the first play of the second half, that, that was, that looked like a phantom call to me. But regardless, like that's two sacks that on on drives that ended up scoring, scoring points for the Giants that you could have almost ended those early. Um, if those sacks hold up and instantly you're in, you know, second and 15, second and 20 and, and you're digging out of a big hole. So that was frustrating too. And they
1: gave us the false sense of hope. They yeah, got to yeah. stop on the first drive. The first time oh. that they stopped anyone on a first <laughs> drive this season. Which is, again, amazing when... I mean, back Devontae, to back wa- back Devontae to... wanted out, uh. but like, all that money is on the defensive side now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you start up back-to-back three and outs, and everybody's like, all right, this is great. This is, this is going well. And then, yeah, the bottom just falls out from under you. Ugh.
1: This yeah. team... Am I wrong? It it feels predictable. Like, I Mm -hmm. I said it in the APC Slack, and I said it in a group chat with, like, national riders, right? Like, Solak's in there, Chuck's in there, all that stuff. And as soon as the Giants started driving on that, like, eight-minute drive to tie the game, I was like, we're going three and out. And we're calling three passes. (laughs) Because this is what we do. The Packers get punched in the face. Rodgers goes hero ball. They don't complete a single one and then LaFleur has to pull in the reins again. It's I thought crazy. for
2: sure that it was gonna be the old, you know, incomplete deep shot, second and ten run, incomplete deep shot drive. Um and and yeah, we were we were all on the same page on that one. You knew it was coming. You just knew that that, that was coming. I
1: literally could tell it was happening uh-huh. overseas. Overseas. <laughs> I was not on the same continent, and yeah. I could tell you exactly what was gonna happen. And I know Rogers after the game, was like, no, I liked all three play calls. Oh, yada yada yada. They weren't open. Yeah, you, thro- you were throwing the cover, dudes. How God. can you like the play call if the guy's not open? I don't
2: get it. Does I, we we know that Rodgers has basically the freedom to to check into a pass on any play at the line of scrimmage? But isn't there isn't there a time and place where Lafleur on first down on that drive? goes to Rogers on the sideline before he takes the field and be like, unless you have a nine man box, run the fucking ball on first down. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and they didn't run the ball much, but when they did, they were picking up decent chunks of yardage on a fairly consistent basis. I mean, it was not sure what the, you find the the numbers. I mean, they averaged five yards a carry 4.7 in the game. Um, Yeah. Dylan and Jones, both 4.8 and, and 5.7 yards per carry. Um, and and those were consistent, right? It wasn't like they were getting stuffed and then, you know, breaking off a couple of long runs. Those were those were generally consistent, like three to seven-yard carries throughout the whole game when they actually gave them the football. So just that first down, get, you know, get in a decent second down, down in distance, and run your freaking offense. And the uh.
1: other thing, too, is, like, people – I've seen it already on Twitter where people post the screenshots because Wink – obviously right the giants defensive coordinator, he he it's his first year there he used to be in baltimore for a long time he's loading up the line of scrimmage right and it's something that we kind of saw against tampa but really on like passing downs in tampa right um winkle do it every single freaking down yeah that's something that like petten did too you could run the ball and petten like you just mm-hmm. run trap or something like that obviously you don't know which one of these guys is going to bail out from the line of scrimmage and stuff like that but if you break a tackle at the line of scrimmage, there's nothing. I mean, you're full head of steel at the safety. If that guy misses, it's a touchdown.
2: Yep. I don't understand it. Uh, RIP I the pony package. <laughs> they they did. They had one one play call that I actually liked in the first half of out of it when they, they ran that little uh, smokescreen to, to Jones with a couple of blockers in front of him. Mm-hmm. That was kind of fun. But other than that, there was there was nothing.
1: Yeah, it was out, pony package, in, pin and pull for a couple plays, and then they just stopped running the ball. Deguara signs a life on the offensive (laughs) side. That was kind of fun, I guess, because, like, for some reason, they're using Tyler Davis as a drive starter. So, like, what I mean by that is, like, first play of drives. They, like, have a scripted play. And you are usually, for for drive starters, because you don't know what they're going to be in. It's like a pretty conservative play call. For some reason, they throw in Tyler Davis into yeah. the mix there. I mean, they've done it since last season. I don't, I don't get it. A te- strong team, in the Mosqueda household. I don't.
2: <laughs> what the hell
1: is Tyler Davis doing on this team?
2: I don't get. I, it. I don't know. Run, run some split zone or something. That's what Deguara is out there for, right? Yeah. Like get him, get him moving, moving and, and crashing on the the backside D end or something. And uh, it just uh, what. Yeah, what what does Tyler do here?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I want to talk about this roster too. Okay. Yeah. So the inactives that you oh. so nicely grabbed. At- and then your alarm went off anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah, so
1: the reason, the reason I woke up so early, I must have, when the schedule release came out, I must have put it in my calendar to wake up at like 5 in the morning for this Lambo game. Text picked up the inactive so I didn't have to wake up until like I had my alarm set for like six or something. Nope, up at five o'clock by complete accident, <laughs> just like minus one hour of sleep. I, I tried to help you out, man. I really did. I know, I know. <laughs> um, so Amos, Amos played obviously, Jair Alexander played obviously. Um, here are the inactives a hurt Devontae Wyatt, which we'll get to later because mm-hmm. there's something to get to here. Jonathan Ford, Sean Ryan, Samari Toure, Rashid, uh, Rashid Walker. What do all these people have in common? Those are five draft picks. Those are all five good draft picks. And I know Wyatt is banged up, but Ford has – I mean, they had four defensive linemen in this game, and Jonathan yep. Ford can get promoted. That's crazy. Toure cannot get promoted. He's being jumped by – uh you know, Jawan Winfrey on the practice squad. Walker, Ryan, I mean, they have so many offensive linemen. Yeah, that's, that's whatever. Jones, but... I'm not as worried about that, but like, for yeah. Toure, like, you're going to have guys, I mean, Barnes is on injured reserve, right? Kylan Hill is on the uh, pup list. He's ready to come back, you know, when, whenever he's healthy. Sammy Watkins is going to come back. Caleb Jones is on the NFI. I don't know how sick he is, right? I mean, <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's a that's a weird one. Here's here's hoping that 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 gets cleared up quickly. But uh,
1: yeah, but all those guys are have contributed more to this team than Ford or Toure have this year. And you would assume that if no one else gets hurt, like knock on wood, right? Those guys are gonna have like the roster is gonna have to turn, and the guys on the chopping block are the good draft picks. At some point, he's gonna have to let some of these guys go and expose them to the practice squad.
2: It's it's. It's got to happen because what 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 are you going to cut? You're going to cut a. I'm I'm trying to think of the guys that are active on game days that would need to come off to to make room for any of these guys. Like who? I guess are you pulling
1: tight ends? Right?
2: Like like are you are you gonna are you gonna actually cut Tyler Davis? I don't I don't see that happening, but I I don't know. Like does Caleb? I mean, again, Caleb Jones on NFI, so he doesn't even count right right now. Um. It's just the, the, the attachment to some of these guys, um, from a roster perspective. I know we talked about it a little bit, uh, a couple of weeks ago with the, the rookie, the, the draft pick signing bonuses and things, but ultimately, like we're in the season. And if you cut a guy, the, the rest of that bonus doesn't accelerate until next year because we're after that June deadline. So it's not going to hurt you this year. Yeah. It'll hurt you with a little bit of dead money next year, but, and, and I know that they're a little bit funky with the cap. You know the cap next year with with Rogers' contract and all the other stuff that's going on, but at some point, like you, you need to put a team on the field now that is gonna, and you're gonna put players on the field who are gonna contribute, and, and that's and what it boils down about to like for me.
1: Forty five thousand dollars.
2: Yeah. And it's yeah, also especially, the difference of like the rollover and all that stuff and Yeah. The 7th like, rounders, that's the thing. Like these guys don't have big signing bonus numbers that we need to worry about on this on this aspect. I almost get it more with Amari because at least he's a 3rd round pick and that signing bonus is a little bit more substantial. But Yeah, if you can't find a place to – if you can't get Jonathan Ford active for this game when you're going up against a Daniel Jones offense with Saquon Barkley, the best running back in the NFL so far this year, Devontae Wyatt, your first-round pick is hurt, and you've only got four healthy offensive linemen. If that's not the game that Ford is active for, he's never playing this season. He's going to be Jack Eflin from last year all over again. Yeah. So, yeah, Wyatt out with the
1: the, uh, uh, quadriceps injury. I thought it was interesting because that last drive, right, where the Giants drove all the way down the field, it was like an eight-minute drive, all that stuff. I can't remember if they had been in a goal line situation before, but I was watching their goal line defense, and they went out in that, like, 6-1, right, with the four defensive linemen on the field. And it, like, clicked in my brain. I'm like, if one of the defensive linemen went down, they literally could not have run goal line defense. Like, what the heck are we (laughs) even doing here? You are able to promote two or elevate two guys off of the practice squad.
2: Where's Jack Eflin?
1: Last year, they (laughs) elevated two guys every single week. And this year, they've elevated two guys like once or twice, Mm -hmm. I think. And then the other ones, it's been like Patrick Taylor is the only guy called up. This week, they didn't call anyone up. Why are they doing this? They're saving these guys. So so that's why is my alarm going off? What the heck? 530 (laughs) alarm. Oh no, you said it for just
2: set it for PM instead of AM. (laughs) Oh my goodness,
1: I hate London week! I hate (laughs) London week. All right, to the the defensive line thing, what one thing that I think is like weird, right? This comes back to that roster construction of these damn rookie draft picks that they're keeping on the 53 that they're not playing, right? I think they're keeping they're not using practice squad elevations because they have so many roster stashes. On this team, so they're like waiting for future for, for future games, dude. You had four defensive linemen in this game. Grow up. This is supposed to be a playoff team. I don't think uh-huh. this is a playoff team right now. That's really the way know. they played today. Absolutely not. No. They played like crap all season. I got so much heat last week. I I what was it? I think it was the repack we posted. Uh, I think the title was like uh, a win that feels like a loss or something like yep. that. And people were. Furious, and they're mm-hmm. like, "No one's ever feel like losses." Uh, I know sure people about talk that? about moral victories. I'm here to talk about moral losses. The <laughs> Packers have three moral losses and two actual losses this season.
2: Oh, God. I,
1: I don't. This is not a good football team right now. No,
2: the the way they escaped last week with you know clutching uh, victory from the jaws Bailey Zappy. Like you've you've just had. Back-to-back games where you probably should have lost both games against Bailey Zappi and Daniel Jones. What are we doing here?
1: Man. It's not good. No? It's not good. A um, no. couple no. other just general things I want to talk about. Mark Sanchez. He's oh. talking about his job. Oh.
2: Shut up, Mark Sanchez. Holy crap.
1: Mark Sanchez let the game just
2: play out challenge. The Kevin Coogler is not much better because the one that got me on Coogler is the end around that they had to Christian Watson. He called that as Amari Rogers. Like I know nine and eight look alike, <laughs> but six foot five and five foot nine do not look alike. Yeah. Come on.
1: He <laughs> just kept hitting with the dubs too. Yeah. He could not say dubs at all. Um, <sighs> Amari, speaking of Amari, bench on kickoff. He got uh-huh. replaced by Christian Watson. Christian Watson, they kept trying to feed him the end rounds. The end rounds went from like it, it, minus three to three yards every single time. They just did not work. Yep. It was funny though. The Mercedes was touchdown off of that was off great. of the end around look. Yeah, that was great. Maybe the only highlight of this yeah. whole game.
2: Yeah, easily that that uh, we'll do our our top plays of the game. Um, posed later on this week. But if anything else even comes close to that one, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to yell at everybody who voted for something else. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing else that's close. That was great. First catch of the year too, and I think that yeah. might have been. I think I saw he hadn't even run a pass route in the first four games. Wow, I think I saw I that this morning or, or no, yesterday.
1: I can't, I can't remember anything specifically, but that's yeah. that's funny if that's true. Uh, he could play for my team forever, though. I yeah. love. I love Big Dog. Yep. Um, Nyman Bakhtiari again rotated at left tackle. There was that weird thing. I mean, this might just be a Twitter thing. People might not care about it on the podcast, but like people were saying, you know, Bakhtiari just like let pressure go on that like Hail Mary attempt on the inside no. and stuff. That's a designed rollout. That's the exact yep. same protection that they had for the Jerry Cook play against. Yes. Them. Like, yeah. That's what they do when Hail Mary attempts. Like, you let inside pressure, Rogers flips it back around to the defense one of the guards pulls around and is like looking to, for, up. for support. Like that's yep. just what they do. It's, it's funky. It doesn't look normal. I understand, but that's, it, it, don't blame Vakhtiari for that. I mean, there's no. plenty of blame to go on the offense. That's, <laughs> that's not the play. Um, I do think, I don't know. I don't even think they asked Lafleur about it. Cause I watched, I watched the presser. I don't even think that they asked Lafleur about the rotation yeah. of left tackle. Um, I know a lot was going on today. He'll probably address it tomorrow, but I assume the flight has a lot to do with it. I mean, I remember when, like, Rogers' knee was banged up in the McCarthy era, late in the McCarthy era, where they took a trip. I think it was, like, a back-to-back trip, and the second leg was against Washington, and that was the game Rodgers had his knee banged up, and they just didn't go under center the entire game. He was in Mm the pistol and stuff like that. Yeah, I assume, dude, like, just being cramped up on a plane – just common sense like that probably isn't good for your knee, especially they're on like cheap turf, I think is is what people were saying about um the field in, in Tottenham. So
2: I, yeah. I can see how that situation plays out. For sure. And and Chris mentioned it when we did our halftime Twitter spaces that you know that a long flight like that, just maybe it's something, you know, something with the air pressure changes too that can cause some swelling. Um, I'm sure they had pods on the flight. I think Jair said something, uh, midweek about he got a pod and, and there was at least a selection of like the a lot of the key players who who got the like the lay flat pod first class style. So I'm sure they would have given Bakhtiari one of those with his knee, but even so, still you're dealing with you know an eight plus hour flight. Um, all those. You know, those, those pressure changes, hell, I'm getting old enough that I can actually feel the weather changing in my knee now. So like, I, I, I get it. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to give him, give him too much heat for that. And, and it's, again, it's not like Nyman played particularly poorly. He wasn't a, he wasn't one of the the linemen you're, you're out there noticing on a, a regular basis. So I think it was just a little bit of a surprise because Bach went pretty much the whole game last week against new England. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that the travel and and that all just kind of played into it, and they wanted to try to um, ease, the, ease the burden on them a little bit. So here's the other thing. So we talk about
1: travel and all that stuff, right? Remember, the Packers, in terms of rest in between games and, like, back-to-backs and all that stuff, they have the hardest schedule in the league in terms of time changes, right? Like, how quickly you have to turn around these games and stuff like that. Yeah. the giants game right so this happened in london their next games are at lambo at fedex at highmark stadium and at ford field i mean they're not going to be at the same stadium this is the first leg of a five weeks five week stretch they're playing in a different stadium every single week so they're going to be bouncing around the country too and you know three they, of those games at the end are after this week right we're going to play the jets it's a three week road stretch
2: yeah they could have had a bye week next week they turned it down um, no. I hey, we
1: what that that week before uh, the regular season is like a mini bye week. Lafleur said, yeah. "I don't know how that helped them. I mean, they came off and lost seven twenty three <laughs> and looked like crap all season, but that was a mini bye week. So uh, they 30. haven't cracked thirty points in a single game. I mean, twenty seven is the high that they scored. They hit that against the Bears, which okay, you're the Chicago Bears, and then they did that against the New England Patriots, and it took overtime.
2: I I'm not confident in this football team. Not at all. Not at all. It's, uh, it's not a fun feeling, right? Like, no, I, no, everything is, everything is a mess. The, uh, I don't know if we, we can, we can get into this. I, I, I want to touch when we do vibe checks on the offense about the, the third and fourth down calls on that last series too, but, or, or <laughs> let's, let's, let's just do it now. Right. Like, why, why don't you, when there's plenty of time left. You can run the ball. And I, that was, that had, those had to be RPOs, especially that third down call, right? Like Josh Myers got a great block off the snap. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that looked like a, a run play. And I thought it was interesting that Aaron Jones said after the, after the game that he's like, no, you, you give me my money. I'd put it on me and Dylan to pick up two yards on, on two plays. And, especially the way they were, they were running the ball. I, I gotta agree with him. I, yeah, it's, just... it, it was
1: funky. Those deflections. I don't think yeah. that that's, I mean, I saw a stat. It was like Rogers had one deflection the entire regular season up to that point, And then you get two back to back. That was
2: weird. Like it's, it's weird, but even the, I think the fourth down, like he threw it out to the, the right corner of the end zone and whoever he was throwing it to was blanketed. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think I think if that do, if that doesn't get knocked down I don't think there's a chance in hell it's getting completed anyway. So yeah, I just I, I again I kind of keep coming back to I I know they've got like two play calls when they go under center basically on every play and and he's cannon in and out of things based on the look that he's getting at the line of scrimmage, but I I I just. I just feel like in, in a game like this with a defense that a Giants defense that was missing a couple of their big guys, right? Leonard Williams was out. Aziz Ojalari was out. Um, those are, those are key contributors on their front seven. And again, you're picking up five, six yards a carry. Trust your run game to pick up two yards. So that's all right. I'll get off my soapbox on that one now. Uh, couple questions here. One, these are quick. Jalen Smith, did you know Jalen Smith was a starter for the Giants? Coming I didn't know game he game? was still in the NFL before I saw his name announced in yes. the starting lineup.
1: Okay, I'm glad because I feel like <laughs> I looked at this game from a couple angles and that had never come up, that Jalen Smith was on this team and starting. Um, two, is this a one-game season? I'm okay with it being a one-game season at this point. If they lose that game, I'm going to freak out. You cannot lose to McCarthy at home. Yeah. You can't do it. No, nope. I, 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 that I am putting all my hope into this year on that because I can't place it on postseason su- success. That is not healthy. This team is not good enough to to put it on postseason success. But we gotta beat McCarthy at home.
2: As a Wisconsin alumnus who just saw one of my teams lose to an old coach on their home turf, I cannot go through that a second time in the same football season. I can't do it. I'm with you.
1: If, I mean, that could be a bad stretch, right? So we're talking. To, so this is three weeks in a row. Oh. From week eight to week 10 at Buffalo, Buffalo is going to score points, right? Yep. I mean, that's just what they're going to do. If you can't keep up in a shootout, that's going to be ugly. The Detroit Lions. They had f- up- the oh, Buff- Buffalo had 400 yards in the first half today. Crazy. Insane. Crazy. Yeah. That's Detroit experience. up until today when they got shut out was the highest scoring team in the NFL, right? And then yep. you get Dallas at home. If they look bad in that three-game stretch, that's where it's like, Joe Barry, like, the Mm -hmm. hot seat is not only real. It's like, that might be the nail in the coffin at that point. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this is the first time. I know I've just, I've kind of been the Barry apologist guy. Like, week one last year, I was like, let's let's not fire the dude. The, The system looks okay, all that stuff. Week one this year, I felt like a lot of the issues were on execution, not necessarily the play calls. This is the first time where I'm like, the structure sucks. The structure is no longer working. (laughs) They're not getting into Penny Looks and Nickel. And I understand you spent a first-round draft pick on Quay Walker, but, like, Devondre isn't looking good. And when Devondre isn't looking good, there's no point in really, like – the team might be better if they go into Penny and play Quay as the single Mike. And like, I
2: I was just going to say the same thing.
1: I don't know if you want a green (laughs) daughter, right? Like, I understand that that's an issue and that's a whole conversation and all that stuff. But like, I don't know. Think about it. Think about it a little bit because I think the team is best that in, in when they're in those kind of looks,
2: you can give Amos the, the communication helmet. He's done it before. (laughs) He'd be fine. I yeah I'm with you. And I'll I'll even take that stretch that three game stretch even farther out, right? Um you said at Buffalo at Detroit, home for Dallas. You go the next two weeks, you got a Thursday night game at home against Tennessee. Thursday night games are always weird. At least it's at home yeah. you come and you know, it's a the home the week before home for Thursday night. Then Sunday night after Thanksgiving, you get the Eagles at Philly. That's going to be rough too. We've yes. talked about Philly being schematically just a nightmare for yeah for the Packers a, to match that's up. Again. That's that's gonna be a rough one. I'm I am not looking forward to that game either. That one I'm dreading probably maybe not quite as much as the Buffalo game, but pretty darn close. Yeah. I mean I think
1: Philadelphia right now, because of that offensive line for the most yeah. part and then you know mobile quarterback we saw the issues Daniel Jones was were able to give you know the Packers even when he was limited that's an issue too. Um Another t- game that I want to highlight real quick before we get into break, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, um, Christmas if Day. If there's going to be another team that runs something similar to like what Wink does defensively, it's going to be the Miami Dolphins, and that's it's a pretty clear trap game situation, I think. I mean, the Packers are going to come off of a short week, a little bit of a short week, because they're playing Monday night football against the Los Angeles Rams off of a bye in week 15. Then week 16, they're going to play Miami. It's right before back to back against um, you know divisional rivals at the end of the season. That could be that could be a weird one, and I'm mm-hmm. way less confident after this game that the team knows what the heck they're doing. Because if you can just show stuff by alignment and get the Packers out of the run game, I I don't like their passing game enough to be able to get this done. I mean, if Rogers is just going to throw up pillow balls, like let him let him, I guess because. Yeah. Three of them go. Three of them, you can get them to throw three bad balls in a row force it into coverage and punt. So we've seen it. Yep. (sighs) All right. Let's take it a break. Um, On the other side, we'll get into the vibe checks that sure aren't going to be very positive. It's not going to be fun.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is
1: and we're back all right offense offensive line still goofy really goofy stuff even even there was like that one pressure Rodgers had really early in the game where Bakhtiari and John Runyon Jr. just didn't pass off a twist and then Josh Myers lost control of a guy and Rodgers threw a dart down the middle and it was amazing to see but it's like he is kind of bailing them out a little mm-hmm. bit on the offensive line. One thing that's also worrying me, like how many times have we seen like Rodgers break the pocket this year? Yeah. He's in there a lot. And I don't know if it's like a, he doesn't trust his legs anymore thing, but like, well, he's th- sticking in the pocket and it's yeah. leading to like, he's taking some big hits, right? Obviously some of that comes back down to the offensive line, but like, seriously, When's the last time we've seen Rogers break the pocket? I don't know if Paul, he's done it this year.
2: I, yeah, Paul actually made posted about this a little bit uh, earlier this week, um, specifically looking at like Rogers rushing stats as a kind of a, a, a proxy for his overall just mobility and athleticism. But I think that's the better, the better instance of it actually having a, an impact on the game. Um Look, like if he's, if he's not running fine, whatever, but if he's not using that, um, you know, that ability to escape that he's always had, uh, that's, that's really going to start limiting you, especially when you have the questions that we've got with Elton still on the right side, um, you know, with, with Newman and pass protection, um, it's, it's very, very concerning to me. And, um, I mean, Rogers has always been a little bit more sack prone, I think, than the average quarterback. He's not like Russell Wilson levels of, yeah. of, uh, of taking sacks, but, um, he's always been a little bit more, you know, above average in terms of, um, you know, how many sacks he's, he's taking. And that's going to be real bad if, for some, if it's a just, he's purely, you know, not either not confident in his ability to escape or just, you know, having the physical decline that inevitably comes with being, you know, close to 40 years old. And uh, and if that's, if that's keeping him, you know, forcing him to stay in the pocket, like you said.
1: And it's not like they're designing a lot of these deep routes either, right? I mean, I, I was talking to Keegan Abdu, who I had on Intercepted. He's so happy right now mm-hmm. about the Giants being four and one. Just sends me texts, like the haters and losers says it's fake. Like the the record the record stands. <laughs> He's so excited. But um, he texted me. I think it was right before halftime. I put in the APC chat. Uh, Roger's time to throw was like two point two seconds, which was the lowest that it's ever been. Um, since next gen stats basically had like the tracking of that type of stuff. So I mean, think about it. Really, like literally one two ball is out. Every single play like that's all, that's on average. That's him taking the snap from the gun and then ripping the ball out. Um, he has a really quick trigger, right? Which is nice. And he probably can't d- run some of these RPOs with every quarterback in the league, as dumb as that sounds like it is a benefit to Rogers game, but they're already doing so many things to get the ball out of his hand quick. I, I wonder, I just wonder, I, I want to see the play where he ends up breaking the pocket. I know he was scrambling around mm-hmm a little bit on the Hail Mary and stuff like that. But yeah, he, ha- he hasn't broken the pocket. And if you can keep him in the pocket, I mean, he's not operating from a like progression standpoint, like Pittman. Yeah, at this point, right?
2: The The only one that I can think of in this game was that one to, to Cobb on the sideline that had to get reviewed when he did the toe yeah. tap. That's literally, I think the only one that I can think of from today. And I can't really think of any last week in, in against New England either. Yeah. like it it's it's almost entirely you know, the broken play which was basically the entire offense you know a couple of years ago the, yeah. the the last vestiges of the McCarthy era um it's it's gone and he was they, he, yeah. he was always so good at that yeah in the mirror
1: um the wide receivers are still young that's pretty it's pretty obvious um <laughs> you know even uh Sanchez caught like you know, I think they were trying to run Yankee and just no one ran the post. So it was just two digs running into each other. Rodgers ended up checking yeah. it down to to something else, but um this offense is not clicking right now. I mean they they're just not sharp and I don't I mean I don't know what you do. I mean, I don't know how you structure practices and stuff like that, but this team is not good enough to get out of the wild card round right now. No. way. No. <laughs> All right. Um, Vibe check. I got to go like four out of 10 at most at this point, like terrible vibes. I don't like this every week. They change like what they do in the run game. It seems to work and they just don't commit to it enough. Yep. That sucks. So I don't know. Like go under center. Use Deguara. Use Deguara. Like use him as a Y off guy in the gun. Do more of, like, the I-formation stuff. I mean, we've seen Dylan play good when when he has a lead blocker. We've seen mm-hmm. Aaron Jones, be, mo- honestly, be more explosive this season as an inside runner than we have in the past. Like, I know a lot of the Aaron Jones stuff has been a lot of, like, outside stuff or off-tackle stuff, like sweeps and breaking power and just springing long runs that way. But Jones has done a good job of, like, just breaking off 10-yard runs on, like, inside zone. Yeah, just keep doing that. Like get under center. We don't have to do all this RPO stuff. I, I understand there's the whole Rogers always talks about it as like I wanted to get X going. Like run the run the damn ball.
2: Yeah, the the guy you need to be getting going is is Jones and Dylan at this point. And it is absurd. Think,
1: like Jones, has anyone gotten paid like Aaron Jones to get as few touches as? Aaron? Oh my god. I want to look into that. I, th- I th- yeah, that's an article because yep, it's kind of crazy because. Dollars they've per touch
2: for a running yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs>
1: they've they've restructured this entire team to kind of like deal with a lot of like the big cap hits and some of them haven't necessarily worked out because things are like David Bakhtiari's been hurt, right? And stuff like that. But Aaron Jones is the one where it's like you kind of control the ROI here and mm-hmm. you're just like not really using him that
2: much. Yeah. And that's that's actually that's a big part of why I'm I'm at like a three after today. Like it's we we've known that you know Rodgers can slip into the hero ball thing every once in a while but now i also have major kind of schematic and identity questions about what is this offense yeah. you've talked all season or all all off season all summer long through training camp about wanting to be a running a running team built around the running game and the defense then run the damn ball just I, and again, I, 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 I keep coming back to the, the Rogers RPO thing and how much of that is on, is on him versus on the floor versus on the coaching staff. And I think that's a question we'll never really truly get the answer to. But, um, whoever's, whoever's to blame for it, uh, it's getting real frustrating and it, it's, it's making me lose faith in, in the ability of this offense. To, to bounce back. I know I said last week that I felt like they were just one or two plays away. I don't feel that way anymore at all. I'm not even I'm yeah. nowhere near that. Uh, this, this offense has some, some major identity issues to, that they need to figure out. Other
1: thing that I wanted to bring up, Christian Watson, second hamstring injury? No? Yeah, I think so. S- second hamstring injury, third knee injury in his career. I don't love it. I don't like yeah. it. I don't yeah, like it. It's-
2: it's not, uh, it's not enough to, to make me paranoid just yet, but you know, it's, it's worrisome. We'll leave do it at you, that.
1: Do you think the team is going to be in the wide receiver market still in the draft next year? Cause that's, you know, a big yeah. question. They even asked Rogers about OBJ and yeah. uh, in the presser <laughs> in the post game presser and stuff. There's a British dude, and Rogers was like, he's not even healthy yet. So I don't want to talk about it unless, you know, he is healthy. I don't think OBJ really fits the system because Dobbs is already kind of filling that role. And yeah. hopefully Watkins is going to come back at some point. Um, there's only so many like, quote unquote, like small guys that, that, you know, <clears throat> can kind of fit in this LaFour offense, even though they aren't running the ball, but Lazard is going to be a free agent. Uh-huh. Cobb is going to be a free agent.
2: Who Watkins. knows if, Am-
1: who? yeah, Watkins, who knows if Amari is going to be around by yep. the end of the season, let alone next year. And then two Ray can't see the field. So the only guys that are like locks to be on the team next year are Dobbs and Watson. And I don't think you can count on them. Agreed. Like just only them, right? So yeah. Are we if watching 2023 if, wide receivers?
2: If you're scouting right now, we're we're looking hard at receivers and edge players. I mean, that's the I think those are the two the two groups that that you gotta keep looking at.
1: is another one. Yeah. Let's get into defense.
2: Yeah.
1: Safety is another one. Amos is looking good. He's going to be a free agent. Darnell Savage, though, how long are we going to wait for Darnell Savage to take the step? Because he has he gotten better since his rookie year? I legit don't know.
2: I don't think so. He he always yeah he's always felt like just that that same guy. Um, he's got the he's got the speed and the closing ability, but he always you know seems like he he always looks a little bit lost every once in a while. (laughs) Yeah. I think yeah. in terms of the other guys in the
1: secondary, I think Russell probably had his roughest game of the year um, mm-hmm. just because of the penalties and stuff. I think Stokes got cooked a lot. I mean, I'm going to have to see on the All-22 because it's really hard to watch defensive backs from TV copy and stuff. But seems like he was losing a lot of these guys on crossers, and you would think. I mean, Eric Stokes literally runs a 4-2. Yeah. He shouldn't be being ran away with, right? Yeah. So kind of a weird game at Jair looked great. I thought he's just banging helmets. I mean, he's, he's physical tackles in the first half. Yeah. And on guys who were a good 50 pounds heavier than him. Yeah. (laughs) Those,
2: those two, I think what two hits on Saquon that, uh, basically stopped him in his tracks. Like that's when, when Jair's, you know, not worried about his shoulder and when he's, when he's out there flying around, he is, unquestionably one of the most fun defensive players to watch in the NFL. Devondre I mentioned it before. I'm worried. Yep. Uh,
1: whoever, whoever uh, rebuilt Randall Cobb's body, I would like <laughs> him to pass the number over to Devondre Campbell. Cause Devondre yep. Campbell does not look like the same guy that he was last year. And there, there were some, there was like the, this, I don't can't remember if it was a screen or a check down to Saquon, but like Saquon's here in footsteps and stuff like that. And that's nice to see, but we're not seeing it consistently. And Mm -hmm. there are times where they're just like running inside zone and it just pops and it's like, what was that? And it's like, yeah, Devondre Campbell didn't get any knockback on a guard. And last year, he probably would have.
2: Yeah, it's well, and he's taken some bad angles too, that he didn't take last year. Um, it seems like he's getting, getting caught up in the wash a lot more, just, just in terms of, you know, I don't know if it's you know, his, his fits or, or, or what, but he just, it's, it's a combination of a lack of physical play. The speed doesn't look like it's there like it was last year. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll find out at the end of the year. He's dealing with some sort of weird little nagging injury or something. Um, but you know, and it is also, you know, just the, the positioning of his run fits just don't seem to be where they were last year either. So that's not a good combination. The defensive line. I know
1: Jerron Reed made a play today. Nah. I, he made a play. I still... Sort of. <laughs> Mark Sanchez was like, he keeps making plays. And then I saw, I think it was Ryan Wood <laughs> of the Green Bay Press Gazette was like, he's a good football player. Like something, something. We don't know if he's great yet. Are we sure he's a good football player? I'm not sure he's a good football Mm -hmm. player. Like, P.J. Slayton's making more plays on fewer attempts than him, and I wonder if that's a thing where it's like we don't want to use Slayton because he is Kenny Clark's backup. So, like, when Kenny needs a breather, we literally, because we have four guys on the defensive line right now, do not have someone that, that can sub in for him. But, like, I don't know, activate Jonathan Ford. Like activate Jonathan <laughs> Ford so that he could play that backup nose tackle role if you need to.
2: And Get my trash to... can on the field. Get Jack Keflin and you know out there. Do something. Come on, they got to do something like... with this defensive line. It's been oh what
1: two years of this now? Full blown yeah. two years of this where they just you gotta you gotta have better players on the defensive yeah. line. There's no well, way like... that these that Dean Lowry and Jaron Reed it... can play this many snaps and have this little of an impact.
2: Well, and Low- Lowry continues to be exactly who who we know he is. He's a pass rushing five tech for a team that you know runs a ton of nickel, and you know just he, he's not a he's not a run stuffing tackle at this point, and he and he never really has been, right? That was always kind of his his thing coming out of college. So I mean, we I said it at halftime: the best three three man down line against the run is probably Jaron Reed, T.J. Slayton at the nose, and Kenny Clark on the other side. At yeah. the that the other end position, um, I'd rather see that out there on first downs at this point uh, against a, a run heavy offense like this than than having Lowry on the field. The outside
1: linebackers are getting a little better, I think. Garvin
2: mm-hmm.
1: showing signs of life did it, like did a little barring.
2: thing, yeah, looked solid. There's 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 a little bit of flash, but yeah, I I, I was saying, alluding to it earlier, I still think they need some. They'll need some more depth and yes. is was this uh is this turned out to be a contract year for Preston now I'm trying to remember how they reworked his deal if he's got one more year after this but either way um Gary's gonna be on his option year next year um you know you're gonna you're gonna need some some long term help there I think
1: so the way Preston's dead cap works they can save like three million dollars and ten point six in cash with a release next off season. So he did sign that four year extension. But that's they didn't right. give him very many very much guarantees. Yeah. Um so as long as they make the decision quick, it shouldn't be an issue. I that contract really, if you want to look at it, it's a two year deal for like twenty four so and a half million and then they can save like seven million dollars in twenty twenty
2: four. That's right. Yeah. For some reason I was thinking it was like the like the Z restructure where they forgot they didn't add years on, but um but yeah, so he'll, he'll be around next year. And, you know, like I said, Gary will be on his fifth year option, but, um, yeah, I'm still, I, I, I have some, some hope for Enigbare. Um, the one flash from Garvin doesn't exactly, you know, instill a whole lot of faith for me yet. So I still think they ought to be in the market. Um, try to get a, a year or two ahead of that when, when the need really hits, because that's a, that's something that Ted was always so good at doing was drafting for need, like, a year or two down the line, yeah, and um, I think Goody has been a little, uh, he's been a little more reactionary to. Uh, Gary's maybe the one example where you know he they they, they double they double down on on Edge with Gary the same year that they signed Z and Preston to those big free agent deals, yeah. but um, yeah, that's that's that seems like that's not been quite the the same strategy that that Goody has had.
1: Vibe checks defense. I'm gonna go with the four two. Yep. Um they are very talented. It sucks that Savage, Devondre, the defensive line, probably Stokes in this game specifically, um haven't met up to expectations this year. But they're still talented. I mean, it's not uh mm-hmm. we're hitting the we're hitting rock bottom or anything like that, but i don't I don't know what you run, I mean, they seem they wanna to play too high, they're not good enough yeah. to stop the run to play too high consistently, so
2: yeah, and we'll that's they're gonna they're gonna be like i said in it's gonna be scary when they play Buffalo in a couple of weeks, it's gonna be scary when they play Philly you know a month after that. Those are the two that you know, and those are the the two Sunday night games left on the schedule too, like they could very easily get. Curb stomped twice on Sunday Night Football on the road. You know, in the middle part of this season, it's not gonna be fun.
1: Special teams thought they did pretty good. Only thing I have to worry
2: about is the again, the Amari I'm fumble free. that was fun. Yeah. Right into right into Deguara's hands. Thank God for him.
1: <laughs> free free Deguara. I want to see more Deguara snaps. Yeah, I feel like good things happen when Deguara is on the field. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Amari. What the heck? I mean, Cobb is getting so many touches. Dobbs is getting so many touches. I don't know if you want to throw them out on punt return, but I think they had... What was it? The intentional safety that then led to a punt. Keyshawn Nixon was the return man for that. They had him deep. So Bizarre. I don't know if he's really even gotten that many reps as a return man. Um, and I don't know if they count that as like a kick return thing versus a, a punt because... A safety punt is so weird. I mean, it's basically like a kickoff that's at a different yard line, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, I didn't, uh, just get rid of Amari. Leave him in London.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I, I have nothing to add.
1: <laughs> he doesn't do it well, and no. it's the only role on the team that he fills now. He doesn't mm-hmm. play offense. He doesn't I'll- play special teams that much outside of return man. He just got replaced as a kick returner. Yep. What are we doing here?
2: I wanna, I wanna hear somebody ask Rodgers again. You know what, what Amari's gonna do, and and what role they have for him on offense? Because yeah. last time he answered that question, it was hilarious. Um, and I wanna, I wanna see what he has to say now. <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Jack Coco. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. Woo.
1: I, I, wanted to tweet out Union Jack Coco with like the laser <laughs> eyes. If they won, they obviously did not win. Yeah. Um special teams I'll give it like seven out of ten I mean they're good outside of return
2: yeah you you the the coverage has been great again this week we had both Nixon and Ford back on uh on special teams full time and the coverage units kind of showed it and it was again last week was Belichick and, and that whole you know weird angle too where, where he's kind of gonna test things on special teams but um yeah coverage no issues another couple of uh nice ones from o'donnell um would have been real nice if nixon had fallen on that one football on the the muff punt though. yeah that would have that been, been be real, nice. really nice cuz that would have come right after that three and out and tie game and uh would a would have changed the whole the whole complexion of that fourth quarter so um but that's it's, footballs are shaped really weird and shit happens <laughs> yeah um <clears throat>
1: Special teams thing I want to talk about. Eric Wilson, he was active?
2: Uh, Yeah, I guess so. But he was
1: active. He wasn't on – usually they use the inside linebackers on punt protection. Um, They did not. They kept Deguara out there. It's going to be interesting to see. So this is kind of like how the numbers work out, right? Like Eric Wilson's not out there yet necessarily. deguara's out there helping the inside linebackers on punt protection. At the wing, Patrick Taylor's out there. Those are a lot of guys where, like, the situations are fluid. And I don't know how many of those, like, are they going to use Tyler Davis out there? Probably not. Like, he's playing the wing and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. they're not going to use them on the line of scrimmage. So I don't know what the plan is long term. But once you start seeing, like, Patrick Taylor, like, the roster gets turned or Eric Wilson, the roster gets turned because of, you know, the assumed promotions or or elevations of uh, Kylan Hill and... Uh, Chris Barnes in the future, like special teams is going to change a little bit. And I don't know what direction it's going to move into.
2: Yeah, I was looking. He he did at least get into the game. Wilson did. Um, but that'll be. Um, yeah, I I didn't notice him at, at any point on any of the units. And we'll have to see what the what the counts look like uh, tomorrow morning. Is this bad juju? So Eric Wilson got 45. <laughs> 45 came from <laughs> Ramiz
1: Ahmed. <laughs> Ahmed is now wearing Devontae Adams' number. Is this all just bad juju because we gave Devontae Adams' number to a kicker? Uh, a backup
2: kicker. It's, it doesn't feel great. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. All oh, right. Man. We got anything else? Uh, just uh, I want to touch on a couple of the things with just the game being in London in general too. Um, First thing that cracked me up is it, it It makes me laugh whenever the American national anthem is played in England. And it especially made me laugh because it's a song built off an old British drinking song. But uh, the lyrics were written during and about a war of independence between the U.S. and the British. um, War of 1812, to be specific. Uh, And then playing it at an American football game in London. Just I, I was I was dying laughing. Uh God Save the King is still weird. I don't care what anybody says. Um it's been God Save the Queen my whole life and for the last what sixty something years until like a month ago. So that's freaking weird. And then um I I I really I enjoyed and I appreciated the exuberance of the fans. Um clearly huge, huge Packers fan presence. Um and, and clearly they were behind them and and were, you know, it was a, a massive advantage. But there was a lot of noise when the Packers had the football. And the that's the one attempt. thing. The Go oh. Pack Go
1: chant during the Hail Mary attempt. I'm like, I understand. Yeah. You guys are excited. But Yeah.
2: That's that's my help, that's my only my only ask for the next time that, that the Packers end up going over to the UK is um, for anyone who's who's over there and was at the game, um, just yeah, keep it keep it low, keep the, the noise level. Real, real low when, when the Packers are on offense. There was a, I think the, the fourth, the third and fourth downs, there was a lot of noise on that last drive. Um, you know, who knows if that affected anything? Probably not, but still. Um, yeah, you, you wanna, you wanna keep that, keep that to a, to a hush for, uh, for your offense when they're out there. So, but, um, no, it sounded, it seemed like everybody was, was having a great time, at least, during the lead up to the game. And um, you know, at personally, I'm, I'm happy for all the Packers fans overseas and, and over in Europe and the UK, especially who, who got a chance to see the team and um, just feel bad for you guys that uh, you had to see this shit game. So that's my parting thought. Hopefully they'll play
1: the jets better. They're the jets, but we also said they're the Patriots and they're the New York giants. So yeah, keep it tuned to the feed. I'm certain. We're going to have breakdowns on uh, just all the crap that we yeah. saw this week. Uh, let's hope for better. I don't really know what else to say other than that. It feels like vibes, probably the worst in the LaFleur era. Plummeting. Literally the worst in the LaFleur era.
2: Yeah. This is rough. So, <sighs> see go where pack, we go, go from here. Go, Paco. Go.